0: Hello, I'm Katie Litchfield, founder of Weekwell. You're listening to CEOs Uncut on the Weekwell Unfiltered podcast, proudly supported by the Wall Street Journal Barons Group. Three years ago, I left my job of 18 years to set up Weekwell because I'd had enough of standing by and watching women getting passed up for top corporate executive committee roles. Now Weekwell is on a mission to build a better business world. We have heard leadership lessons from all over the world, from the US to the UK, the Caribbean to India and beyond. And in this podcast, we go further still, in fact, as far as we've ever gone, to Australia no less, to talk to one of the major players of a vital global industry. My guest is the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of GrainCorp, a leading agribusiness organisation which has been operating for over 100 years. He joined GrainCorp in March 2020, after eight years working his way to the top of Fonterra, a Kiwi-based food manufacturing cooperative group. Married with three daughters, my guest today is proud to say that he runs a diverse company that primarily connects remote farming communities with a world that needs their produce. With a long history of experience in leadership positions in Australia and New Zealand, I am really excited to speak to Robert Spurway. Welcome to Week 12, Robert. Uh, firstly, for the listeners who don't know, can you briefly explain what GrainCorp is and does?
1: Absolutely, and thanks for having me. GrainCorp is an agribusiness based here in Australia. We're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, but we've got a history that goes back more than a hundred years. Uh, We're quite a diversified business, but I'll explain what we do. We uh, really connect growers and farmers from across Australia and other parts of the world with customers all over the world. The key parts of our business are our grain uh, handling business where we store and handle logistics of grain uh, right through to operating seven ports here in Australia and shipping grain to where it's needed most around the world. We also have a processing division and that crushes oil seeds, so canola principally, and manufactures a range of edible oils, margarines and other products for consumers in Australia, New Zealand and across Southeast Asia.
0: At Weekwell we are always searching for the answer to the big questions, like what makes a great leader? To that end, what three qualities do you think a great leader
1: must have? Authenticity, I think that's important in life, but particularly in leadership Um, and combine that with being a team player. So the first point I'd say is an authentic team player uh, gives you a really great start to be a great team leader. I also, when I look for people that inspire me in leadership, look to someone that's got an eye to the future, particularly around innovation. I think that's really important. And people are often looking for that vision that leaders are able to provide. And let's face it, you can't have a vision unless you're looking to the future. The other aspect of leadership really is around the sorts of people you associate with. So I look for leaders that surround themselves with a diverse group of people that think differently and create a team that's much better than the individuals.
0: And how do you define success?
1: I'm going to be quite generic in that, and I think in that sense it can apply in many contexts, both at a personal level uh, and a company or corporate level. Uh, But achieving your potential, I think, is a really strong measure of success. And that doesn't matter what your potential is, but if you're achieving that potential, I think that's a really good measure. The second area that I regard as being successful is making a difference. And again, that might seem general, but you can apply it to many different things you do. And if you're making a difference, that feels like success to me. And then one of the things that I get a lot of satisfaction out of personally is that improving, improving yourself uh, and others, helping people be at their best. And again, I think if you do those three things, uh, that for me is a definition of success. So just recapping achieving your potential, making a difference, and improving yourself and others. And indeed, that can help improve the world.
0: We talk about missions a lot at Weekwell. What is your strongest personal mission?
1: I haven't really defined or written down a personal mission. Um, So I can talk about the things that are important to me, but also relate it to the purpose and the mission of the businesses that I operate. And here at GrainCorp, Uh, We have a purpose to proudly connect customers with rural communities and deliver value through innovation and expertise. So I think in a corporate environment, particularly as the chief executive or managing director, embodying that corporate mission and purpose with your own uh, is often where you you end up and a, a really strong place to be. The sorts of things that I look for are how I can help people be at their best I enjoy the social activities involved in being in an organization and a corporate um, and really getting the best out of a team uh, by helping individuals be the best contributors that they can.
0: This is one of my favorite questions and I ask every CEO that I speak to on the podcast about this. Who are the women who have been the biggest influence on your life and career?
1: My wife and three daughters. So without doubt, the people you spend most of your time with influence you and uh, certainly my family is a big influence on me. Uh, Beyond that, it's hard for me to choose one individual and I've thought about this long and hard over many times I've been asked this sort of question, not in relation just to women, uh, but into people and leaders generally. And I guess the way I look at it is throughout my life I've had hundreds of mentors, if you like but not formal mentors. I look at everyone as an opportunity to learn something from either good or bad. And I guess that in that respect, I'm fortunate to have worked with some amazing women who I've learned plenty off around what they bring to leadership, the way they look at life, the way they look at work. Uh, But across all people I've worked with, I've also learned some things that you'd think, hey, if I have the opportunity to emulate that, I might do it a little differently. Um, So I'm I'm going to answer the question that way, Katie, around it's really about how you learn from people and in that respect, uh, looking to lots and lots of different opportunities, both men and women. Uh, And women certainly, uh, given they've largely been underrepresented in leadership roles in business, often give you a real insight into ways to do things differently and better.
0: Over the course of your career, how has the agribusiness industry changed? What changes do you think still need to happen?
1: I'm a chemical engineer by qualification. And when I started out uh, in a working career, I made a deliberate choice to go into food and and agribusiness on the basis that people would always need to eat. And that's been tested over the years uh, with all the challenges of global trade and drought and all sorts of other challenges. Uh, But it's largely held true and perhaps no more so than in the current period where we've been through a pandemic that's disrupted global supply chains. Uh, We've seen the impact of disruption in the Black Sea and the importance of food and affordable food uh, is a constant in the agribusiness. In terms of what's changed, I think the realisation of some of the innovation and some of the diversity in the industry is now much more proudly represented. In my very early days in the industry working with farmers, I came to realise that they, in many cases, represent typical small businesses where you've got uh, often a husband or wife in a family business uh, and you hear about the farmer and you think of a farmer often, you know, just as the bloke out on the land. But in many cases, it was a very clear combination of a partnership that made those businesses work. And I've seen that repeatedly through my career. And increasingly you see women leaders come into uh, more prominent roles from uh, that background in farming. And I think the fact that that's changed over the last 10 or 20 years is a fabulous opportunity for the industry and for the individuals involved in it. Beyond that, I think farming has a huge and, and incredible history in innovation, particularly in a country like Australia, uh, one of the driest inhabited continents on the on the planet, and farmers have to be really innovative to produce a food crop, and they've done that incredibly well, but increasingly we're seeing that to solve the current challenges in the world around climate change and improving the environment, innovation and producing more food to feed a growing global population are going to have to come together to achieve success. And I think that creates tremendous opportunities for food and agriculture, and it makes it a really exciting career for people to get involved in and an industry for those that are involved in it uh, to be proud of well into the future.
0: And what changes are you expecting to see as more women are attracted to the AgriCorp sector? Are you starting to see changes already at GrainCorp and, and what are they?
1: Sarah Southwell, our head of HR, was recently recognised by your organisation with the People Award for Asia Pacific. And that's a great example of some of the fabulous women leaders that we have in our business that are making a difference and starting to get recognised for it. Uh, often it's the, the things that start small and grow bigger, the investment that we're making in training and developing Uh, women leaders uh, right from early in their career to give them opportunities to come into leadership roles and have a much greater representation of women across our business uh, and across our leadership ranks. I think if I look at the first part of your question in terms of uh, what difference does it make, I think it's obvious that diversity of thinking is so important in organisations large and small. And uh, also, it, um, it creates attraction of others into the industry. No one wants to work in an industry that's based on 20th century principles. They want to work in an organisation that's focused on the future. And I think creating opportunity for women and women leaders will only enhance the inspiration uh, that, uh, that that provides to young people coming into the sector.
0: What is something you wish you had known when first applying to senior leadership positions?
1: I guess if I reflect back on, uh, you know, being 30-odd years into my career now, I think many young people think they know everything and can rule the world, and that's a bit of a generalisation against teenagers. But, you know, even in your 20s, uh, your ambitions were probably greater than uh, perhaps they should have been. It probably... It gave me that realization, the more that I learned, the more I realized I didn't know. And that's made me realize that even now I'm still learning new things every day and I'll be a much better leader in 10 years time than I am as a result of that now. Um, So maybe that's something that uh, would have been nice to know early in my career. I'm sure I had plenty of people tell me that. Uh, But one of the nice things is learning that for yourself over many years.
0: You've spoken previously about the importance of failing fast. Which failures of yours have been most important in leading you to your current success?
1: When I've talked about failing fast, it's been in the context of strategy, uh, being prepared to make bold and courageous decisions. So the other way of looking at that is really it's about learning quickly Um, rather than necessary failing. And in that respect, often it requires a course adjustment. Uh, And I can think of many examples, rather than one individual example, where you learn as you go. Um, And it comes, again, with experience over the years of typically you draw on the knowledge that other people have. You might try things at a pilot scale so that when you roll them out at a larger scale more quickly, you're setting yourself and the business up for success. Uh, So I know I probably haven't answered that question with a specific failure, uh, but what I'd say is if you think of all opportunities as an opportunity to learn, your failures become learning experiences. They merge into one big learning experience over life and you draw on that experience. But the important thing in an organisation is to make sure you're drawing on the wealth of experience available to you rather than just your own experiences. And again, the importance of diversity in teams and diversity in leadership comes into play in that context.
0: Over the course of COVID-19 pandemic, we saw a reversal of some of the progress that has been made to achieve gender parity. You have three daughters. Are you confident that they will inherit an equal working world, free of obstacles to achieve their potential?
1: Look, the first answer is yes, but context is everything around the globe. And in Australia and many parts of the world, there are opportunities and growing opportunities for women, but they're not the same everywhere. And I think if you look at a global context, there are opportunities to improve everywhere. I would like to just say that in GrainCorp, in response to your comment around, perhaps some of the metrics going back globally, uh, we actually made some progress at Grain Corp that we're incredibly proud of. Uh, we were able to narrow the gender uh, equity pay um, and, and pay gap. Uh, we were able to improve that. We increased the number of women in our workforce and the number of women in leadership roles. Uh, so I, I think often you can use disruptions, the pandemic or otherwise, Uh, to explain and say, look, under the circumstances, it wasn't so bad. Uh, But the way I'd look at it is businesses and individuals should be taking responsibility all of the time for what they can control. And really, uh, if you're committed to making improvements, keep that momentum going, keep the improvements there. And I'm proud to say we've achieved that at Graincorp. And I'm proud to say that with three daughters, I think the opportunity for for young and motivated women into the future is amazing.
0: Finally, if you could pass on one piece of career advice to an up-and-coming woman leader aiming for the executive committee, the top table, what would it be?
1: You're going to hold me to one piece of advice here, so I'm going to try and merge it into two um, because they they do overlap. Um, first of all, the top table shouldn't be, be seen as a destination. It's a journey and that holds true if you believe you're always learning. Uh, so the first piece of advice I would say is enjoy the journey and what I mean by that is that really the second bit of advice is take all of the learning opportunities to broaden your experience that you can uh, the, the more that we do that the more equipped you're going to be a leader uh, you're going to be as a leader in the future
0: No that was absolutely amazing that was brilliant.
1: My pleasure to join you Katie thank you.
0: You have been listening to Weakwell Unfiltered podcast. Weakwell works with the world's largest companies to help bring about gender equality, starting with 50-50 gender parity at executive committee level. You can learn more at weakwell.com. Weakwell Unfiltered is written and produced by Katie Litchfield
1: and Sean Smith.